You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a special weekend post-game recap edition of the podcast. Tough loss. BYU loses 28-21 in Toledo against the Rockets. And we're going to break it down here for you, give you some of my thoughts post-game after thinking about it for a little bit, and we'll get this podcast out to you guys. But today's show brought to you, as always, by our title sponsor on the podcast, Deseret First Credit Union, reminding you guys rates are still low right now, and it's a great time if you're considering refinancing your home to do so. The DFCU Mortgage Team is here to help you guys get you in the right financial situation. Whether you're a young newlywed couple or a single looking to buy for the first time, you're a pretty veteran home buyer who's bought multiple properties, you have invested properties, they will make sure you are in the right financial situation for you. Give them a call, 801-456-7070. Once again, 801-456-7070. The DFCU Mortgage Team is here to help you guys. You also can check them out and apply in just five minutes or less by going to dfcu.com if you want to find out more information about Deseret First Credit Union, but can't thank them enough for their continued sponsorship, title sponsorship of Locked On Cougars. All right, with that let's get to it this is locked on cougars toledo recap edition right here on the locked on podcast network What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for joining us on this special post-game recap edition of BYU's loss to Toledo. They lose 28 to 21 at the Glass Bowl in Toledo, Ohio today. And I'm going to say right off the, right off the bat. That is an embarrassing, embarrassing loss for BYU. They made multiple plays in this game that I thought, you know what, they're going to scrape out of here with a win, and then they go and make losing plays right at the end of it that lose them this game, and they lose every bit of goodwill that they had earned from the USC and Tennessee wins in my mind. This is a game that sets BYU back a long way, folks. Having BYU sit at 3-2 and two at this juncture as they enter a bye week would have been great. Now they're 2-3. and three. Compounded now with an injury, it appears, to Zach Wilson's throwing hand, his thumb in particular. He suffered the injury apparently when he went in to make that uh, tackle on the interception that he threw, which shouldn't have been thrown. It was an awful decision. It was one of the things that, one of those decisions you look at and say, for a guy who's as poised as Wilson normally is, what was going on in that in that moment but it's compounded when he gets injured. He has an injury to his throwing thumb, and according to Kalani Satake in the post-game comments he made, he's out, quote, significant time, unquote. Uh, Kalani Satake indicating that at least for the USF game, the game at University of South Florida in Tampa in two weeks on October 12th, Jaron Hall, who came in to replace Zach Wilson for the final drive today, will be your starting quarterback for the Cougars. But a critical, critical loss for the team on the road in Ohio, but more so a loss with Zach Wilson apparently going down, it looks like, for an extended period of time. BYU will not have to turn their attention to having Jaron Hall as their starting quarterback. Now, let's talk about this game. BYU in this game, I thought, started out relatively well. I felt like the defense in particular had a strong first half. BYU went into the locker room at halftime with a 7-3 lead. Jake Oldroyd missed two field goals in this game and very uncharacteristic of the young man. Kalani Satake made an offhand comment in the post game that he may have been um, under the weather a little bit. I don't know if that necessarily affects you kicking the football, but 
it goes into the how you look at it, but still. Uh, unacceptable for Jake Oldroyd to cling one uh, kick off the upright, just missed the other one completely wide left. BYU left at least six points on those two drives in particular, and this was a game that I felt like BYU just left points on the on the field. They rolled up 455 yards of offense, by far their best offensive output in terms of yardage on the season to this point. Zach Wilson finished the game 22 of 38 for 315 yards, two touchdowns, and just that critical interception. Jaron Hall came on in relief, 3 of 6 for 39 yards. On the ground, though, is where I kind of question what BYU was doing on offense. I understand that they felt like they could attack this Toledo secondary and have success through the air, but Emmanuel Asupa, who takes over as your starting running back, only gets 12 touches. He goes for 61 yards at a 5.1 yard per carry average and one touchdown. It was a 32-yard run right up the gut that it wasn't even touched until he got to about the 5-yard line before shaking off the defender and waltzing into the end zone. Uh, BYU as a team only rushed the ball 26 times in this game, 101 yards total, an average of 3.9 yards per carry, and of course just the one touchdown on the ground. Lopini Katoa, four carries, 27 yards, that's a 6.8 yard per carry average. So you look back at this game, and BYU had success moving the ball. Lovahifo had that 75-yard touchdown bomb. It was a great play to open up the second half for BYU. And you felt like at that point, okay, they're up 14-3 to here. Uh, they should be able to take this game over. But credit to Toledo. They, they stuck with what their offense is. They're an offense that runs the ball. They're a power run team out of a spread option set, and they stuck with it. They ended up finishing the day 56 carries, 242 yards, and two touchdowns touchdowns on the ground. Shakif Seymour had 96 yards, while Brian Kobach had 88 yards. Both of them had a touchdown in this game. Mitchell Guadini, uh, 12 carries for 54 yards in his own right. BYU's rush defense is struggling big time. They need to figure something out because they are going to stay in the sub-110s in terms of rush defense this coming week going into a bye week. There needs to be a long look at what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I wanted to talk about that. We'll take a timeout in a minute, and we'll we'll come back, and we'll talk about three things I think need to change for BYU in this upcoming bye week. We'll get into that in just a little bit here, but I wanted to recap a couple other things I took away from today's game. BYU on defense struggled in the second half. The first half, like I said, they did everything that they needed to do. They held Toledo to three points. They played lights out for the most part, bottled up what Toledo did on offense, but in the second half, it felt like Toledo figured BYU out, or if BYU just stuck with what they thought was working, it didn't work, obviously. 242 yards on the ground, 206 yards through the air for Mitchell Guadini in this in this game. Uh, Toledo finishes with 448 total yards, so it was pretty even yardage-wise. BYU actually outgained Toledo by six, seven yards. It's not major, but this is a loss that BYU had so many opportunities to take over, roll to a victory, and make BYU fans feel real good about themselves. But all of a sudden, they're now looking at two and th- a two and three record going into a bye week. And legitimately, I feel like all of the goodwill that they built up in the wins over Tennessee and over nationally ranked USC is gone by the wayside. 
This is a loss that just leaves you shaking your head and wondering what is going on with BYU. It just doesn't make sense why they can't be consistent game in and game out. They are, in my mind, the epitome of a team who plays up or down to the level of their competition, and they always have to make it interesting for themselves. There's not a consistent uh, thread for BYU this season in terms of what the offense is doing each game in and game out. Some games it looks like they have a run emphasis. Today it appears it was a passing emphasis. They felt like they could attack Toledo through the air, and they did to a large degree, but there were plenty of breakups for the Toledo defensive backs as well in this game. BYU's wide receiving core made some good catches, but also in critical moments, they just couldn't uh, come up with a catch or Toledo would make a break, great play and break up a pass. Now, also one other thing about BYU, we've been watching Kalani Satake's team. They're in their fourth season under his tenureship at BYU, and they continue to make critical mistakes in critical portions of the game. False starts. Uh personal fouls out of bounds, Chaz Ayu, etc. You can't have this stuff if you want to win games. You get yourself to a third and two and a third and one, and then you have a false start. What in the world are you doing? That is something you can control. I do not get how BYU continues to struggle with stuff like this. It's something you would think the coaching staff would figure out and get their guys in sync and on the same page and get them working together. This is something, though, that you look at it and it's just a critical error that absolutely cannot happen if BYU wants to be a consistent program. It just can't happen. It just cannot happen. And it's unfortunate that BYU continues to struggle in this area because it's something you can control. Kalani Satake talks a lot about controlling the controllable. Well, guess what? False starts. Not dragging a guy down out of bounds when you're already five yards out of bounds. That's stuff you can control as a football team. Zach Wilson, his interception, I think, was the single most critical play in this game. I absolutely believe that because they had just gotten the ball back after an incredible strip by Chaz Ayu, by the way. Credit to him. We'll get to some of the positives as well on today's podcast, but they get the strip back, and then Zach Wilson throws a ball that was nowhere near the intended receiver, who I assume is a Levahifo because he was the closest guy to the ball, but nowhere near that pass. It's picked off. He rumbles back down the field. Zach Wilson is forced to make that tackle. Suffers now what appears to be a, an injury that is going to keep him out for extended period of time, and BYU loses a game that is just an embarrassing, embarrassing outcome for the Cougars. Just You can't have it, plain and simple. You just cannot have it as a BYU fan. A lot of BYU fans on Twitter right now losing their mind, and I absolutely get it because there's a lot of people that were frustrated with this loss because BYU did multiple things in this game that would lead you to think, hey, they're going to win this game. But they came up empty too many times on possessions where they got inside the opponent's side of the 50, and Jake Oldroyd takes some of that blame with two missed kicks. He completely forced BYU's coaching staff's hand in terms of how they went about the kicking game. He's not making kicks, well guess what? They're not going to trust him when they get stalled out and say, you know what? Maybe we would kick a field goal here. They're not just going to they're not going to do it because it makes them think, well, what if we miss this here and come up empty once again? So, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust in this bye week because now they have to look forward with Jaron Hall and Emmanuel Asupa as your starting quarterback and running back tandem in the backfield. Crazy to think that th- uh, two weeks ago, BYU was coming off a thrilling win over USC, nationally ranked USC, was getting votes in national polls, and now just two weeks later, their top running back is out for the year, their top quarterback, their starting quarterback, their star quarterback is out for extended period of time, and you are all of a sudden 2-3. and three. Bummer, isn't it? It's a bummer deal for if you're a BYU fan, and I completely get it that BYU fans would be upset about this. And 
I would encourage you guys also go read uh, Patrick Kinahan, who I work with at the Zone Sports Network. He did a great column, and he titled it "BYU Shows Yet Again How Far They Have to Go in an Embarrassing Loss to Toledo." And that's what it is. It's an embarrassing loss for to Toledo. And one note before we take a, a time out here is credit to Micah Simon. After the game, he says, "I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of this feeling." Well, hopefully the other 122 guys in the BYU football program have that same feeling because guess what? BYU fans, they're sick of the losing feeling as well. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about the positives and some of the things I think BYU needs to work on in this upcoming bye week before they head out to Tampa, Florida to take on South Florida. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast app, Google Podcasts. Wherever you can listen to a podcast, you can find this daily podcast all focused on BYU. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show, this post-game recap edition of the Toledo Loss. I'm excited to go back and re-watch this film because this is a game that I'm I'm recapping right now, having watched it live. I haven't re-watched the game yet in its entirety. I'll do that over the next day or two, and we'll be back on Monday with what I learned from the film watching it. But this is just an embarrassing loss for BYU. And I know I keep using that term, and it might be the I titled this episode Embarrassing for BYU. Probably should. But they took a loss that was just unacceptable in the sight of BYU fans and myself as a media member's eyes as well. BYU, there were positives that came out of this game. Of course, BYU had one of the most prolific days throwing the ball in some time in this game. That's a credit to them on that. They could have run the ball more effectively and run it in larger doses. I absolutely agree in that regard. But now you have Jaron Hall as your quarterback for BYU. And having talked with the coaching staff, both in the offseason and during fall camp, they feel Jaron Hall is a capable replacement for Zach Wilson. They don't have to change much in terms of what the offense is going to do. Well, what they might want to do is work from under center a little bit more. BYU cannot run the ball on third and short, apparently, and pick up a first down. And that's embarrassing. That's another embarrassing part of BYU, the football program right now. They have an offensive coordinator who's one of the best, most revered offensive line coaches in all of college football in Jeff Grimes. Eric Mateos, a rising coach as well as his offensive line coach. I think they're pretty embarrassed that their offensive line can't get a push against a MAC team and pick up a third and two. Of course, Jeff Grimes shares in the blame for this game because his consistency in terms of play calling wasn't there in this game. There were drives, a critical third and six where he hands off the ball right up the middle and it goes absolutely nowhere. Just some curious play calling in this game, but BYU moved the ball with relative ease against this Toledo defense. Could they have run it more effectively? Absolutely. Could they have maybe made some more catches? Absolutely. Make Maybe make a couple more catches and win this game. But the truth of the matter is BYU now sits at 2-3 and three on the season with lots of work to do over the next two weeks before they head to South Florida to take on USF. The bye week does come at a good time because now that you're having to switch your attention as you're starting quarter quarterback to Jaron Hall. It gives him an extended opportunity to really work with the first team offense. He's worked with them in limited doses during fall camp this year, but he hasn't worked extensively with the first team offense 
since the season began. So this will be a critical week to get him a large dose of reps and get this team on the same page and get ready for USF in two weeks. USF's not a good team. They're getting steamrolled by pretty much everybody uh, so far. They did make Georgia Tech sweat it out a little bit, but Georgia Tech doesn't appear to be that great of a team in their own right. BYU needs to win this game at South Florida. You lose this game, you risk losing this season altogether for BYU. And I don't mean that BYU couldn't rally to win six games, but I'm just talking about BYU fans. There's a lot of people who are very on edge all of a sudden. If you were to lose a game against a USF team that has their head coach firmly on the uh, firmly on the hot seat, that might ca- cause a lot of BYU fans to jump over. And we'll see what happens. I, I don't know that... Uh, there's going to be uh, a massive outcry uh, in terms of, okay, okay, I, let me back up on this. I don't know that uh, you're going to see a coaching move at South Florida. You could with Charlie Strong being the head coach there. But Kalani Sitake, in his own right, has got plenty of BYU fans turning against him because his team seems to take one or two steps forward, and then they have a loss like NIU a year ago against Northern Illinois, the home loss to Massachusetts in 2017. And then this game today against Toledo seems to throw them back three or four steps, and you're trying to regain some yardage at that point and using this analogy and extending it out. It's just, it's unacceptable. And I I get BYU fans. Every one of you listening to this podcast, I thank you for listening. Plain and simple, I really do. I thank you guys for taking the time to download the show. But I also understand why you guys would be upset with what is going on in Provo right now. Because it just looks like there's no consistency in this program. They continue to shoot themselves in the foot and they can't figure things out. So what I want to see this next week is them work a lot of reps with Jaron Hall and Emmanuel Asupa as your backfield tandem. Get Lopini Toa in there as well, but also I want to see this defense figure out what's going on with their rush defense. The BYU linebacking core is very young for to a large degree. Uh, you have guys like Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, seeing extensive action for the first time in their BYU careers. Zane Anderson is out for the year, so Chaz Ayu is playing in that flash linebacker spot. Kavika Fanua is the veteran player at the spot, and he just made the move back to linebacker during fall camp. So this is a linebacking core that needs all the help it can get in terms of learning how to stuff the run. BYU, if I'm them the rest of the year, I go back to a four-man front and stop it with this eight-man uh, secondary, the back eight. I, w- I would get rid of that because BYU seemed to be most effective when they had a four-man front. The three-man front absolutely has been getting gashed game in and game out by teams that like to run the ball. And I would expect every team that BYU faces the rest of the year is going to look at the film from the previous games and think, oh my goodness, we can run the ball and that's going to open up this offense. That's what you saw against Toledo. That's what you saw against Washington. Teams like to run the ball because it makes passing the ball so much easier. You run to set up the pass is the old adage. And guess what? BYU, it's a one-way street in terms of the defensive ability to stop the run. They can't, plain and simple. They are one of the worst rush defenses in the entire country. And it's just, it's abysmal. It is abysmal to see BYU trying to play defense against the rush. They need to figure something out, and they need to figure something out quick. They need to spend this bye week working on that. And then also, last thing, figure out what's up with Jake Oldroyd. Did he, was it just a bad game? Or do you trust him going forward? Or do you need to make a switch to Skylar Southam? Those are kind of my three things coming out of this because 
Jake Oldroyd, Jake the Make. I know he doesn't like the nickname. I'm going with it. Well, he got. I saw somebody tweet out earlier today, Jake the Yanked, because he came um, off the field, and BYU fans were none too pleased. As I'm sure the coaching staff was none too pleased that they couldn't get. Uh, he couldn't make a field goal in this game, and it changed their whole philosophy when it came to special teams. Well. He needs to work on being consistent because he's been consistent up to this point. Was this a one-game blip, or is this going to be a trend that is going to emerge going forward? You have another capable kicker who has had his moments in a BYU uniform in Skylar Southam as his backup. Southam has been the kickoff specialist for BYU this year, but I would expect they reopen that kicking job and let Skylar Southam show what he can do. So there you go. To recap what I want to see BYU work on most this week, number one, get a lot of reps for Jaron Hall at quarterback. You need every rep you possibly can get him. It can't replicate game reps. I absolutely get that. But he needs every rep he possibly can get this week as he takes over as BYU starting quarterback for at least the foreseeable next game or two, it looks like, pending how long Zach Wilson is out for. We'll, of course, bring any updates when it comes to that here on the podcast as well. But Work a lot with Jaron Hall. Get him all the reps you can. Get this offense all the reps you can with Jaron Hall at quarterback. Number two, BYU's defensive front, the front seven, the front six, however you want to term it, needs to figure out what's going on in the run game. They need to be able to hold a team to less than 200 yards rushing. And that's that's just wild to say because for so long BYU's been so stout against the run under both Bronco Mendenhall and Kalani Sitake that it's just crazy to think that getting holding a team under 200 yards in a game would be an accomplishment. Start there, work your way down. Work on the rush defense and then the third thing, figure out what's up with Jake Oldroyd. If it is a blip, you trust him going forward, go for it. But I would expect that they're going to give Skylar Southam an opportunity here to prove that he should be the guy for the job at, kick, at, at kicker for BYU. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on what's going on with BYU. All right. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. A little bit shorter than normal. But thanks again for joining us. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Like I said, I'm going to go back and re-watch this film over the next day or two. We'll be back on Monday with a full recap of what I took away after re-watching the game. But... Tough loss, embarrassing loss, abysmal loss. Use whatever adjective you need as a BYU fan. It's unacceptable, plain and simple. And I understand the heat that Kalani Satake and his program feels after this loss because this was a game that BYU should and could have handled much better and come away with the win. But alas, they are 2-3 and three on the season and now staring down a bye week and a road game in Florida. Which, by the way, BYU's never won in Florida I don't know if you heard that, but they've never won a football game in the state of Florida. they got two weeks to figure things out ahead of that game against South Florida. We'll be with you on Monday and carrying you all throughout the bye week next week with thoughts, coaches, uh, press conferences, interviews. We'll have everything covered for you here on the podcast. It's fun to be with you guys each and every day, and thanks for being with me each and every day here on Locked on Cougars. We'll catch you guys next time, Monday edition of the show coming up soon enough. But thanks again for joining us here on this special recap edition of the Toledo Loss for the BYU football program. Once again, BYU loses 28-21 to the Toledo Rockets, now at 2-3 and three on the season, and looking to kind of pick up the pieces and rebound a little bit here. We'll see if they're able to do it. This has been Locked On Cougars for September 28th, 2019. See you guys.